I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines on a big Monday. Everywhere you expect it to happen, it went the other way. The Rams, oh, they had it easy, you would think, against Tennessee without Henry. San Francisco, easy against Arizona without their quarterback. And Dallas, easy with Denver trading away their best defensive player. No, no, and no. Another no, the Bills. Oh, my gosh. A.J. has to answer for the Bills. <laughs> but we've got a trend on that Bills, 7-0 and and counting, and it was a huge upset. Monday Night Football Steelers favored now by a touchdown over Chicago. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a big aftermath Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Boy, A.J.'s got some answering to do. Ooh, dog. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. How'd your best bet do, buddy? You can't remember your best bet? I, I mean, well, I gave out multiple last week. I, well, you, you don't give out multiple on national radio. It was, If I remember, it was Auburn, maybe? Oh, but, it did not go well. Oh. It went well for about a half, and then... Any excuses? No excuses. All right, that's different. You try yeah, to say, look, listen. how's your college season doing overall? Eh, it's okay. Not, not, not as well as it has, yeah, certainly, but, but better just, than my NFL. Good Lord. Well, listen, if a guy loses a lot, he's valuable. Well, thank you. You can just fade him. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm pretty darn locked in at this point. You're feeling it now? I mean, you got to see that. I do. I mean, like, I, I, you and Fez sent me two. Like, you, I, I somehow had in our super contest, you guys both had the same two to start. Your one and two were identical. Coincidentally, perhaps, but identical. Oh, and two. Yes. Then I had to go, well, I got to pick two more, two and out. Oh. And I wasn't even able to have my favorite pick, the Broncos, because the line was nine and a half. And if the market's saying 10, you can't, you can't take nine and a half. You just can't. And so I still had a pick from there. And, well, perfection. Tonight, though, is the fifth pick to see if we have a, another winning week. And Texans. Oof. Oof. So let's, let's talk about the narrative. Oh, they're getting Tyrod back. Well, it, it, that was the number two pick on your list. It was. All right. I'm just saying. You, I thought you knew being down from Houston back in the day. He is the fan who typically beats the man. AJ Huff. Thanks, RJ. Happy Monday. The underdogs, of course, feasted in the NFL this week. The college football playoff landscape cleared up a little bit over the weekend. Steelers, Bears, and Monday Night Football. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? We're going to go with the fact that we had three games. The Rams, where the obvious narrative was Tennessee's played three straight monster games, won them all. Now they've lost their workhorse, maybe for the season. 
no way can they compete here. Because even if they become good without Henry, they, that first game is going to be such a transition. That was the first narrative. And then with the 49ers, <sighs> distant cousin Kyle. As I mean, it was weird when he said that today, but uh, <laughs> I mean, a must-win game, pretty much. Again, I mean, you've got the number four team in the division entering the year by expectation without their quarterback and with Colt McCoy. Ah, that's going to be an easy win, right? And their best wide receivers, their top two wide receivers, both out. AJ Green's number two. He is number two on that mm-hmm. team. And then the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, only undefeated at the time, ATS team. Denver waving the white flag. The, the, the face of the franchise gets traded. That's got to be just a crusher. What were they up? 30 nothing? 30 to zero. In we don't know squat. And the trick to this game, a big chunk of it is to admit that. And then when everyone's saying something and it gets expensive, fade it. Well, let's start with those Tennessee Titans. They go on the road, 28-16 victory over the Rams. Ryan Tannehill outplaying Matthew Stafford by a long shot in this one. Now, Tannehill has been one of the critics, especially the analytics critics, darling. Uh, Now, the debate has been, is it just cause of the play action? And the old school was you got to establish the run. Well, with the advanced... Analytics people say is, no, 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 no. As long as that run is a possibility, they're going to have to account for it, and thus the play action works. But when you have the best running back, perhaps, you know, you could make the case. And to, I mean, what, what is it, Adrian Peterson in his prime and Henry? And, I mean, there's really no other conversation. Is there for any extended period of time? I mean, we're not talking fantasy and Tomlinson. I'm saying a back that's winning your games, winning your playoff games. Those are the two, right? That's it. And then in the prior century, Barry Sanders, or in prior deck, I guess, century, but yeah, in the 90s, um, Barry Sanders and Emmett, right? That's about it. And so Henry's one of the four best backs of the last 30 years. I think that's fair to that's say. You make an argument for you. I, I, how do you argue against it? Who else are you putting in there? I think Tomlinson, uh, to say oh, he's just God. a fantasy guy, is kind no, no, of. No, I'm not saying him. he, I'm saying it was what, a two and a half year? I mean, it was a flash. He, if we're talking high heights, maybe, but if we're talking any extended period of time. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is one of the best of the last 30 years and able and the most dominant by far and the only real dominant back that isn't about catching passes as a big chunk of it in the modern era. If you say from 2011 on and say if all you could have was this back running the ball – no pass catching. Who, yeah, meaning if it just it was not considered, we're ranking by running. Who's number two? It's if they're so far behind. It's not even you know they think they're in first. So when you lose that guy, when you lose Henry, now the question is, well, wait a minute, Tannehill. He's that guy that got run out of Miami, right? And we know Adam Gase isn't so good in theory, but Darnold maybe looks worse now. So maybe Gase wasn't so bad. Uh, maybe Henry was the change. And you know what? I probably was leaning that way. Not that Tannehill was bad, that he was probably an average quarterback. He's looked way above average because that play action with Henry is a lot more of a threat. It just is. 
But he played, it's one game, but amazingly well, relatively. And it was a total domination. The Arizona Cardinals, speaking of total domination. What's your domination, take on that game? I, I, I was wildly impressed. I mean, obviously, I, I thought the Rams would win that game. I thought that the number was was getting inflated. But I thought it was going to be one of those games where maybe the Rams got out in front and the the Titans said, you know what, let's just use this opportunity to kind of tinker and didn't, see didn't what we, we are. Didn't we say that's not what NFL – NFL teams are trying to play every game. They're try- Now, they get flat – just out of human net, but it's not a choice. I don't think they sit and, and and touch their beard and say maybe we should take today. I just think they go, man. And I mean, in a weird way, that's one of the beauty. I'm I'm happy they don't do because in the NBA where it feels more strategic, I hate that. Right, and, and really the, that game early on, the Rams were were really controlling the you know the Titans' offense. And then Matt Stafford started to make mistakes and gave them momentum, and the Rams never got it back. They threw a near pick six that quickly turned into a touchdown, threw another immediate pick six, and they were just they were dead in the water at that point. And if you think about it, isn't that the open question with Stafford? Is on any given play, his talent, he was the first pick in the draft for a reason, his tenacity, he's a tough player, all good. But is he a winner? A lot of guys are going to say there is no such thing as a winner. People win because they play well if they have the right coach and if they have the right teammates. I don't know. Michael Jordan, I thought, was a winner. And Tom Brady you, seems like a winner. You don't win every time. I agree. You don't win every time. But is Stafford a winner? Maybe he is. Because if you think about in the NBA, when you think about um, – uh, I'm having a mental block. The Minnesota he went to the Celtics. Ke- Kevin Garnett. Garnett. I was thinking Durant. Kevin Garnett was what? What was he? A loser in Minnesota. At least he was perceived to be. And then he became an ultimate winner. One of the ultimate winners in Boston. So I, I don't. I'm not saying Stafford can't be that. I'm saying he hasn't proven himself to be that yet. And this game is an example of the downside potential, I think, that the unanswered questions with Stafford. Yeah, I also think Stafford's not a guy who's used to who used, who's not used to having everything on his shoulders. And sometimes it, on this team that's a much better team than he's ever played with, mm. he's still taking un- to do too much. unnecessary risks when you've got the better team is a great way to, to, to blow it. All right, I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. The 49ers lose badly at home against the Arizona Cardinals, 31-31. 17. <sighs> Distant cousin Kyle. How you feel, Mackenzie? <laughs> In life, generally great. About the 49ers, not so hot. <laughs> okay, so we've been doing this every week. Now's the time. A lot of people said, don't do it. Mackenzie, who knows if you can handle it? Mental health is important. <laughs> Rank the five rookie quarterbacks. Shout out to Calvin Ridley and Lane Johnson for protecting their mental health. Uh, my team did okay. Don't, don't, don't be snarky. <laughs> I need to take a couple weeks. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're trying to distract. I want to hear f- five words out of your mouth, which is the order from five to one that you would pick the number one, the quarterbacks that went in the first round if redrafted today. All right, five to four, five to one. Wilson, Fields, Lawrence, Lance Jones. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The first time the guy that can't even make the field isn't number one. Trevor Lawrence beats the Bills, and he's still behind Trey Lance. Now, <laughs> it's nine points. <laughs> now, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's more than Trey scored this week. Oh. Now, now, here's the question, though. Is 
It seems like Cousin Cow is starting to, he's starting to feel the heat. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's snapping a pee. I mean, usually the coach will say, um, I have to do better. You know, like, let's be candid. LaFleur said a lot of right things about Jordan Love and about that, you know, I got to do better. I got to. It was like Cousin Kyle said, and for new listeners, Mackenzie Rivers, first cousins, biologically, with Kyle Shanahan. Uncle Mike, as he calls Mike Shanahan. So here's the thing. He's a fan, a sycophant, some would say. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is that it feels like Cousin Kyle, who, let's be candid, his dad was a big NFL head coach. He was a really smart kid. You know, he looks like someone he has. I don't know his personal life. Doesn't seem like he's faced a ton of adversity. If adversity is, oh, you made a million and a half as the offensive coordinator and you almost won the Super Bowl. If you know, if that's adversity, yes. But man, oh man, it seemed like he was turning on his own team. Did you hear those quotes when he? I mean, it was, I did. Not good. I, it did, and, I, I don't think you hear coaches talk like that. Listen, I and I think maybe he's trying to deflect because he had a the, really deflect, awful game. Deflect? You mean away from him? His own blame? Away from the his opposite own opposite of what you're supposed to do? Yes. You know what I think? I think there's probably eight or ten good coaches in the league, and otherwise they should all be coordinators. But 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 someone has to be the head coach, and. I think Kyle Shanahan's, you know, by what these smart people tell me that really know the X's and O's, watch the coaches tape every game, is Kyle Shanahan's one of the top five offensive minds in football. And I have no reason to doubt that. But being a head coach, Mike Tomlin is not a top five defensive mind. He was like the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator like for one year before he got hired. He's a CEO. And if you can have a Belichick that can be both, I don't think he's coming around anymore. <laughs> and it's funny because I started hearing a lot of love for Belichick this week. It wasn't the you know the nine Super Bowls or whatever. It was this you know. It's like yeah, he can that's stop seeing. Good. Yeah, he, yeah. But that's the funny thing. There's the flavors of the month all the time, and then there's the and. We'll see what Kyle ends up being. The guy was one play away pretty much from winning a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan said something that made me think he's a better coordinator than a head coach. Josh Norman got a personal foul. He's on the bench for a good chunk of the game. And Kyle Shanahan in the postgame press conference said, you know, he was out for a while. It wasn't my call whether or not he was back in. You're the head coach of the football team. Whose call is that? But if it, I mean, but... I, I bet there's a better way to say that, but I think in general, but here's the thing, when you feel like you're under siege, and, and that's the thing, there's a, a, a great movie, and it's gotten to be a while since it came out. Under but, Siege? Steven Seagal? No, that's a good movie. <laughs> True. It's called, it's called The Right Stuff, and it was about the astronauts and the space race. You ever see it? I've not. Oh my gosh. It was considered, I think Ebert had it as the second or third best movie of the 80s. Okay. The entire 80s. Uh, if you haven't seen the right stuff, it's great. Tom Wolf, Tom, uh, Tom Wolf, Thomas Wolf wrote the book, and he wrote Bonfire of the Vanities. A lot of people know that book. The Electric Kool Aid Acid Test. Mackenzie probably knows that one. And <laughs> and I read the right stuff, and it talked about how the astronauts' training attempted to put pressure on the astronauts in every possible way. So if there was any flaw, if there was any weakness. It would rip and expose itself. And to me, 
when things are going well, there's a lot of people that can do a job. When things aren't is the real challenge. We'll see. Right? When Belichick, when things aren't going well, what does he do? He deadpans everything like that, and then he's on to Cincinnati. He, but again, he got fired in Cleveland. And if I'm not mistaken, Belichick is older today. Oh, I'm check that. Belichick was older when he got hired for the Cleveland job than I think Cow is now. I mean, if not, they're right in that. I mean, because he was in his like he was like 43. How old's Kyle? Kyle, I believe, is 41, and Belichick took that job with Cleveland at 42, right around the same age. So think about this. Kyle isn't even the age that Belichick was when he coached his first head coach game. So it doesn't mean he can't evolve. But it's one of those things about these young coaches. They don't have experience. You know, they have experience on the computer, which can be a big difference. They don't have experience in real life. It's like Doyle Brunson versus one of the computer kids. Computer kid might know the math a little better. Brunson has done it for 56 years. Is it an easy win either way? No. But they are both got something to recommend them. And to me, I love Sean. I mean, to this day, I think it's Belichick. Now, Andy Reid, we got to see what his mental state is, but okay. And then Sean Payton. And then you start thinking maybe about some younger guys. In my opinion, does that sound right to you? I think John Harbaugh deserves to be in that conversation too. Uh, I don't know. They, he's always yeah, you, got you, that you're team. You're probably in it. right. He's a CEO. He's the best. Him and Tomlin's the best of the CEO coaches. You I know, think Pete Carroll's in that group too with those three or with those two. Uh, see, I think the guy, listen, Pete Carroll is certainly a top 15 or 18 coach. Uh, you know, better than average, let's say. But I do think the analytics people that think his game management is about as bad as it gets, you know, when he runs, when he passes, when he goes for it, when he kicks field goals, game might have passed him by and to the point where he would have been fifth or sixth and now he's maybe 15th. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I tell you this. I mean, have they overperformed any year since they lost the Super Bowl? No. Yeah, I don't know. And again, maybe Russell Wilson's not that good. We don't know what we think. We know. Let's quickly go over the last one. Yeah, well, we did know that the Cowboys won last week without Dak. They proved all the doubters wrong then. This week, they've got Dak. Obviously, they're going to roll over the Broncos, who send off Von Miller. Not the case. Cowboys, non-competitive. Broncos, 30. Cowboys, 16 in this one. You know, I thought you were going to say, I guess we knew that it at worst would be a tight game because RJ had his best bet on Denver. <laughs> I mean, what do I? Let, let me ask you a question. What do I have to do? To get a little love from you. I, from dude, you. you've got it from me. And I knew this week, especially, this is the week that you could come in with your chest puffed out because. You mean because last week I had another sweep the no, board? No, you were awesome last week, too. You, you, two weeks in a row, you've been on top of every game. I, you know, I listen, I wasn't seeing it earlier. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying I'm not going to lose some bad, but I feel like I'm seeing it. And that has me excited. That has me excited. And the derivatives, too. But here's the thing in general, these NFL players don't have the emotional swings. You ever been around a guy like he's like he looks like you almost think maybe he was lobotomized at some point, but they're usually like the kind of Bradbot? <laughs> no, 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 no. The kind of people that don't have any emotions, right? Some people try to drain their emotions from presentation, but you know the type of guy that remember you saw um uh you saw varsity blues, right? Yes. 
Right, remember the dude who was like, uh, well, not even that. Let's go to the great one, Days and Confused. Right, okay. Days and Confused, a great movie. Is the dude who was like the guy always partying and all that. You know, he was like the the quarterback, Pink Floyd or whatever. He was debating should he sign the paper. Other uh, dude, he okay, just wanted a drink. Yeah. Guy decided not to play. He said, "You sure?" He goes, "Yeah." Because all right, it's like they're you know if their father dies, they're not. It's like they don't even know what happened. It seems like I I think these NFL players. A lot of them, however they get there, are like that, where you think it's going to bother them. They're not even thinking about it. You know, and you think about Brady, you know, Brady does it through discipline. Maybe others are like that. Maybe it's just they've been trained that way. But in general, if you say, here's the narrative, here's how a normal human would act, the NFL guys act that way less than half the time. And I think as handicappers, we got to remember that. Think about the best moment you ever had when you, whatever, your wife said yes to Mary, whatever, you felt like the strongest guy, the most powerful, when you won one of your professional fights or your professional, whatever it was. That's how we should handicap because that's how these players think. And Fez is a brilliant handicapper, but when he starts putting his mentality, <laughs> it's like, well, they got to get fit. home and uh, they got to make sure the wife is happy. Do the dishes. Do the Come di- on. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what world are you in? All right. When we come back, we're going to give AJ the chance to answer. He had the Bills as the best team in the NFL. He made excuses at every turn. Is he still going to make excuses or is he going to admit he was wrong? All that and more coming up next. He's RJ Bell and he's on fire. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to go over the biggest upset of the NFL season so far, the Buffalo Bills falling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. First, I got to say I'm sad. Like, I don't really you're sad. sad. No, I am, because I think the Sam Darnold thing's over now. <laughs> Car- Colin gave up on him today. Right here oh, no. Yep, yep. I mean, it, it was like for years. I mean, you could almost say badgering. I think I've been badgering. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure I'll play this again, but I think just we got to say goodbye. My name is Casper. It just won't be the same. If, if Colin's not defending him, what's the point? I mean, as long as there's a coach willing to put him out there and give the team to the guy, I think you can keep that drop. Well, did you hear? I don't know if you heard the interview. Carolina's coach, whew, he was like, I tell you, I don't want to put it on one guy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe PJ Walker, Texas Ranger. I Maybe don't know. So. But I, I think we should do an investigative report on who wanted to sign his fifth-year option. I mean, let's just think back to this. He was traded for a decent amount of of picks, second and a fourth, right? Yeah, I think that sounds right, and. You could make the case that's fine, meaning there was a was there a fifteen percent chance there was about a one in seven chance that Darnold would be a top twelve quarterback. There's, I mean, he was so much worse than Tannehill, but look what Tannehill has done, and that's worth it. You know, but they had they could have declined his option, 
They would have had him this year. Now, what's the scenarios? Well, let's just think of two major or three possible. He stinks like he's always stank. And then you, goodbye, Sam. Make like a ghost. All right. Number two, he's middle of the road. He's 18. So you think, you know something? Maybe. Maybe he can take another step. Let's see what we can sign him for, because it would be a negotiation at that point, right? After you're four. Or he's great. Great. He's here. He was great with us. He's been great nowhere else. $32 million a year, whatever it would be. I mean, if he, if he had a monster year, I mean, hey, listen, Josh Allen had one good year. <laughs> it's true. All right? So, and, and counting one good year, right? We're counting, meaning... Not this year. Not this year. Well, still the MVP favorite somehow. Well, they won't let you bet no on that, will they? <laughs> I don't think so. Then it's not real. All right, so my point being, there was three possibilities. Which one are they bet? The only thing they could have done, was, I think it's like $24 million is the fifth year, it, next year, is they would have saved like $10 million if he ended up being like Josh Allen level. Maybe a little, if he was Josh Allen level, maybe a little bit more. So, you but you would, also would have signed him to a longer term deal, like you exactly. Because yeah, because if you in the, plus you could have used the franchise tag mm-hmm. if you wanted to. It made no sense. You know why? Because he was meant to. They thought he was mentally weak. I mean, they probably were right, but I'm not going to say that exactly. I mean, just circumspectly. And <laughs> they figure if he doesn't have our support all the way, it will make him feel unloved and he won't perform it. Oh my gosh, you need to do you need to do that. I wish someone made me feel unloved or loved for 25 million next year <laughs> when I've been the wor- if I had been the worst pretty much at my job in the world. Now, obviously you only get that job if you're skilled enough to get it, but boy, he's been the worst. Who would you say is it? Who would you rather be, the guy who gave Sam Darnold a fifth year option and gave up a second and a fourth round pick for him, or the guy that said we should trade up and draft Jordan Love at the risk of angering Aaron Rodgers? Who's who's in a worse seat right now? Here's the thing about taking calculated risks, they're risky, <laughs> and I mean if you think about it, Green Bay's made two calculated risks of that sort. And 50-50. Yeah, and one of them cost you a first-round pick, and one of them cost you or gains you one of the 10 best quarterbacks of all time. So I like... But you need to understand it is not a gamble. It is a calculated risk. So I I think Green Bay is just following their process. And I'll tell you another thing. The fact that this exposed Aaron Rodgers for what he is, that was valuable. If you go around trying to protect everyone, you one, you have to tie yourself into knots. But number two, you don't find out the true character of these people. That's true. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you one last thing about Green Bay. This COVID thing could be a big advantage for them. If Green Bay wants him back, this is the time to step up and support him like he's your blood brother. And let Aaron Rodgers go, you know, when the chips were down... They were there for me. He can talk in his monotone like this, and it's wearing his beanie I, inside his house. I mean, he's going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I mean, but somehow everyone thinks it's cool. That's the weird part. I mean, I'm not saying. Listen, not everyone. Well, a lot of people do. Finally, again, last week I think we touched on it. It's a real battle when it's like support the player because you want to be like the proletariat. You're a working class person. But now it's against the progressive left. Uh Uh-oh, what do I do? People don't know what to do. So, um, 
Jordan Love might not be bad. He was bad on the field. But what's one of the things that we talked about is that you can only really evaluate one quarterback a year, that there's not enough practice time now for the second string to get any real time. And in the preseason, there wasn't a preseason last year, right? Right. This year he got hurt pretty much, what, one game and change into the preseason. And you think he's practicing a lot when Aaron Rodgers is – So as much as people are saying, oh, he's got a year and a half, this is – I mean – are we really? Was he really that that much worse than the average rookie this year, except Mac Jones? First game? Yeah, no. I mean, fair. Yeah, so I mean, the real question is how does because he only played a quarter Thursday, but Mike White, if you actually look at his you know quarters, you know just his play, it's been out. It hasn't varied. It's been outstanding. Agreed. So I mean, that's the real question: is is how's he doing that? without practice or whatever, when Zach Wilson can't. I mean, I don't know if it's Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, I had one more question for McKenzie. It's going to be... You can't answer it until I tell you. But here's what the question is. If you had to pick between these two quarterbacks, who would you pick? All right. Trey Lance, Colt McCoy... First, though, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Tomorrow, we're going to do a full review of college football leading into the unveiling of week two of the college football playoff rankings. Let me ask you a question, though. AP poll comes out on Sunday, Associated Press. We did the odds for them for over five years. Great organization. Obviously, the, you know, unbiased, uh, you know, they might have a political bent, but they really try to get the facts right and give them a ton of credit. Their poll's been around a long time. So Alabama has a, 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 you know, surprisingly bad performance against LSU. And Cincinnati had a bad performance. If you look at the ATS margin, which is how far did they fall from the spread, Alabama was over a touchdown worse, right? So net-net, Cincinnati performed about a touchdown better against expectation than Alabama. But Alabama like made up significant ground on them in the AP poll. What is going on? People are starting to see Cincinnati for what they are. Well, and what's Alabama? I mean, Alabama's lost the game, and then they beat LSU by seven points. But this is the first time Alabama's really struggled since that their okay, loss. Yeah. And how when has Cincinnati struggled? Zero. The last three weeks they've struggled. Uh, I mean, if winning is struggling, well, when you're playing the 100th ranked schedule well, in, the, in the country. I mean, listen. All, who says? I mean, that, that, that's another thing, right? If we don't trust people's win percentage, what, what's the strength of schedule of the strength of schedule? Right, the people they're playing. Because if someone had Cincinnati on the schedule, they'd be like, they got a monster schedule. They're undefeated. As down as LSU is. Well, you're avoiding that as, question. Well, as down as LSU is, if Cincinnati played LSU, it would be the, the, the second toughest game on their schedule to date this year. Okay. And how would they do is the question. How'd they do against Georgia last year? Uh, they hung with them for a while, but that's but a for bowl a while. Game. Oh, bowl. so bowl, I thought bowl games are what matter. No, bowl games are about uh, you. If you're not in the playoff, bowl games are all about motivation. You know what's nice about your approach? You're a lot like these analytics people. You can never be proven wrong. That's true, right? No, because, I can't after the fact. No, no, no. You can't even be proven wrong then 
Because you, I mean, what's the scenario you're going to be proven wrong? Like when if if like uh, the SEC plays against one of the group of five and they get crushed or beat, it's like oh they didn't care. They you know they didn't care about that. I mean, it was what the Sugar Bowl when Alabama was it? What was it against? I can't remember Hawaii or maybe they beat Hawaii, but they got beat like bad. And it was like well they obviously didn't care. Everyone's worried about the draft. Oklahoma Boise is another great example. Yeah, so it's like you can't lose. You just kind of put this arbitrary like, hey, they're better because they're in the insert conference. And you know I think you're probably right. They are most of the time, but those times they're not, and we never ever get a chance to see. Right? If a team does so well that they kind of could have made it, I mean, Cincinnati, did they, they have in the regular season, they haven't lost a game for how long? It's two years. I mean, at what point do you maybe get a crack at it? Right? Because once it, once it opens up to eight teams. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what this is about. Do, do, would, would you put in Cincinnati over Ohio State? No. I, what I'm saying is, let's let the chips fall where they may. But if someone does relatively better, if you're number two, and you do relatively better than number three. Number three shouldn't gain on you. That's all I know. When we come back, two things. One, I'm going to explain how the Manning cast tonight might give you a... No Manning cast oh, tonight. No Manning cast? No Manning cast if tonight. If there were a Manning cast. <laughs> but I will say this. The Manning cast, if you had started with 100 bucks and bet this system, you'd have over $100,000 right now and Monday Night Football preview. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. And let's take a look at uh, AJ having to answer for things as the Buffalo Bills fall. Right, Jacksonville so, Jags. So here's the thing: Every, when they you like the Bills for some reason, I told you in the preseason. I said, "Listen, we got one year. We got one year on Josh Allen. Let's wait." You didn't want to wait. No. And they got beat by the Steelers. And you said some excuse. Let's just say excuse X. We'll excuse A. A. And then they've had disappointing games. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Tennessee. Blah blah blah. Always an excuse. You had the Bills, the best team in the NFL. I did. Where are they now? They're not the best. Uh, I haven't totally relooked at everything. I, and I would have said, well, the Rams are now the best, but that only lasted about two hours. So I, I don't know who the best team is anymore, RJ. I, I, I guess Tampa by default, but I don't have a great feel for who's really good at the top of the pile. Super Bowl odds right now. The Bucks are favored about 6-1. to one. Bills are still right there, 6-1 to one or so, a little bit higher. Rams eight to one. I like the Rams, and that, at that number, Cardinals plus eight fifty. I tell you, I was skeptical, but remember, Murray is fragile. Dallas ten to one. Packers ten to one. Ravens eleven to one. Lamar didn't have a good game, but if he can throw, no, he didn't. But if he if he can throw as well as he did during his high points this year, maybe. But I don't know. That defense looks bad. Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes. As bad as ever. If you look after the first drive, they averaged like four and a half yards per play, the Chiefs. 
Titans without Henry. I mean, this is wide open. The Browns at 28 to 1 interest me. The Browns at 28 to 1. That team yesterday is who's who's clearly better than them. The team that was on the field yesterday. Oh, it's hard it's hard to say. I don't think anyone is. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And they're 28 to 1? A lot of people are talking. We're going to learn a lot about the Browns this weekend, I think. I think they, it was a must-win game. I think we learned a lot here. I, I, I think the Browns and Patriots are both teams that are trying to get into that class where we consider them real contenders. Actually, so that, I heard Belichick said he wants A.J. Hoppin to consider him a real contender. <laughs> but I mean, well, that, Belichick's that's, long that's cared about what I thought. It's the plan of the week. All right, real quick. I'm R.J. Powell. We're straight out of Vegas. I broke this story at R.J. In Vegas, on Twitter, RJ in Vegas, the Manning cast curse. So there's been now one, two, three, four, five, six players who have appeared on the Manning cast the week before a game. Those players are now 0-6 straight up, 0-6 against the spread. Now, against the spread, they've lost by about 13 points per game. So literally... They're falling short by almost two touchdowns. But here's the number. If you started with 100 bucks and said, I'm betting the money line, they're not going to win against Kansas City because Kelsey was on, Seattle, Wilson, et cetera. And I got all the games up at RJ in Vegas on Twitter. That 100 bucks, if you let it ride, would be $118,400. Why didn't you do that? (laughs) That is how unlikely this was. So you could say, oh, it's a coincidence. In fact, we argued about this, didn't we? I did. Yeah, I thought it was a coincidence. And my thought was, you know what? Because they agree to appear, it's not so much the distraction. It's the sign that the player doesn't think the next week's game is all that important. Like, oh, I don't know, Jacksonville. Now, this is getting a lot of play. We'll see what happens. I'm going to be interested to see if lines start moving off of this. Let's do Monday Night Football. Let's take a look at the Monday Night Football. The Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers now favored by seven. Okay. I picked in the Super Contest the Bears at a worse number. So if I had to play this game, I would be looking at the Bears. Now, in the Super Contest, you got to pick five games. So this would have been my fifth pick. I don't love it. Pittsburgh, though, is so good on Monday Night Football at home. I mean, under Tomlin, 16-4 and four straight up. 16-4. and four. But against the spread, 11-10. and 10. So Steelers in general, when they have a – when they're a bigger favorite, they don't do near as well. They can be lackadaisical. So I do have a strong lean to the Bears. That's always been my kind of thought on them. But then I had uh, McKenzie pull up the numbers as a home fave of seven or more, 61% ATS. On the road, 30%. Well, yeah, but I- I'm telling you, during what time period? Since Tomlin's been there. Uh, it's a different team now. When Ben got older, they changed. All right, if you've missed any of today's well, show. Oh, we didn't have another read? Oh, no, we're done. We're done with the reads? Done with the reads well, we got a little day. more time. Then. Okay, all right. Yeah. Do you like any props? Uh, I kind of like the Ben Roethlisberger under passing yards, 248 and a half. And what's the rationale? The rationale is the, the Steelers of late have become a much more run-heavy team, and the way to beat the Bears is to run on them. I don't think, in, you know, cold weather, Ben, typically less volume. Here's the thing I would say. Tomlin in general and good coaches consider 
how good the other team is. They're going to try to make fields make mistakes. I would like under in the first half, too, though this is a very low total. All right, if you missed any of today's show, including... The retirement of the Sam Darnold hate. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Well, though. kind of. Check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. And we're going to do a full... A handicap, really, on the college football playoffs, who should be in, who should be out. We are straight out of Vegas, and we are right here on Fox Sports Radio. Good job, RJ. You're back. (laughs) Straight out of Vegas!